Welcome back to Trending in Education. Mike Palmer here. Very happy to be joined by Sean Darcy, who's the head of Kahoot at School and Home. Kahoot's a software that I've had some direct experience with in my career at Kaplan, and it was a pretty interesting software. I've enjoyed it also as a participant at live events. It's pretty interesting stuff. They're always uh, making new connections. We're going to talk a little bit about some of that, and they deliver a really interesting solution to students, teachers, parents, people in, in the corporate sector. They do all sorts of things. But Sean, let's dispense with the amenities. Welcome to Trending in Education. Thanks for having me, Michael. Yeah. So you have a great software product that you're responsible for bringing it to homes and schools. Uh, we're going to want to dive into all that. But before we do that, I always like to get to know our guests a little bit better by hearing their origin stories. What got you to this point in your career and how does that connect to uh, the world of learning? Thanks, Michael. I'm Canadian, born in Ottawa, Canada, but now I live in Oslo, Norway with mm. my, my family. So no escaping the snow for me. I've been living in Norway now for around 15 years, looking more and more like I'm here for good. Yeah. Uh, been uh, working with technology for pretty much my entire career, flipping between sort of marketing, product and commercial roles. Mm-hmm. I think while here in Norway, I've spent a good chunk of my time at a company called uh, Opera Software, who makes a pretty, not so well known in the West, but certainly well uh, known in developing markets. They make a a browser, web browser for mobile phones, which is really popular in Asia and in Africa and those kinds of places. I I think people uh, like myself who have looked at web analytics are familiar with a Uh, percentage that is uh, Opera (laughs) browsers. Yes, yes. It's a, it's a niche uh, product in yeah. the West, but in, in places like in Africa, it's like the number one web browser. It still is actually. Interesting. And uh, so I, I cut my teeth on technology and developing markets, traveled a lot uh, during that time. One of the things I really enjoyed about working in technology is how it could democratize, especially for young people. Mm-hmm. So that's a theme through my career is how can I help use uh, technology to help democratize? Mm-hmm. I got interested in the education sector around 2013. We did a partnership with an organization called World Reader. Basically, what they do is they make books and literature. So full Charles Dickens books, everything you can imagine. They Mm -hmm. just make that available for free Mm. for consumption on small screens in Africa. Ah. And yeah, it's a pretty noble cause. And Mm -hmm. we helped deliver that. And that was quite inspiring. The Mm -hmm. kids would... Instead of spending their time, wasting their time uh, looking at uh, different social media, they would sit and they would read like War and Peace. So wow. it was pretty incredible, yeah. uh, the, the, the data, the, the stats behind that. It's awesome. Yeah. And I think, yeah, so that was really my inspiration to dig more into education. And I got the amazing opportunity to join Kahoot back in 2016 to head up okay. the, mar- the marketing team. Yep, yep. And, and that was really interesting because Kahoot was growing pretty darn well without a lot of marketing. It was pretty much a viral machine at that right. point. Uh, it still is actually. Yeah. But there was a lot to do around supporting the community and making sure they had what they needed to uh, use the product. Yeah. And I was really drawn to the, the mission, making learning awesome, really resonated with me. Yeah. That's pretty big, pretty broad. Right. Yeah. I mean, and people uh, may not know this by listening, but there's an exclamation point after Kahoot. So it's not <laughs> just Kahoot, it's Kahoot. You're making it awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Kahoot. Yeah. You got <laughs> to really, really say it. 
Yeah. And so I've been working there for a few years now. And more recently, I've taken up the head of the Kahoot at school. And only a few weeks ago, the Kahoot also at home, mm-hmm. the size of the businesses. Yeah. Looking forward to continuing the growth and making learning awesome for those two segments. Yeah. And those two segments in 2020 are increasingly interoperable. School has moved home in a lot of ways. And that's had to have been a a very challenging year. Obviously, it was a challenging year for all of us on on multiple fronts. Actually, before we do that, in case anyone doesn't know what Kahoot is, can you give us a little more context around what it is and how it came into being? Yeah, sure. Kahoot is a game-based learning platform. We call these learning games Kahoots. Mm-hmm. At the the most basic codes are just quizzes, but of course we can you can build those up. You can add a lot of different questions to those to make them more robust. Mm-hmm. I think as we were talking about earlier, it's a bit like the intersection of learning and entertainment. Mm-hmm. So people have actually called us like the YouTube of learning games, or even the Netflix of your learning games. Nice, because we're just yeah. So that's a nice a nice compliment. And and, and conversely, called YouTube the Kahoot of online video platforms, right? That's, yeah, maybe in the next five years, that'll be what they'll say. Yeah. That'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. And we really cater to a bunch of different user groups. It's it's quite versatile. So you can use it across different, different audiences. So I think the biggest audience we have is schools, teachers, and students. And it's very portable across platforms is my recollection too. Like it's easy. You can use it on your phone. You could, if you're on a desktop or laptop. So it's pretty portable and it hit, it works in all the different context for a quizzing game, which is no small task. And then on top of that, it's done in a way that is sticky and engaging. Mm. Uh, and because playing to this audience, this is the the whatever segment of your of your life development, the group who's too cool for school, they have <laughs> to actually say, I'm too cool for school, but this Kahoot, I can hang with Kahoots because Kahoots are fun. And I'm sure it's not a 100% slam dunk, but it seems like you're navigating that audience pretty effectively. For folks who are listening, if you haven't tried it, it's fun. Kahoot. You got to play with it a little bit to get a feel for it. But I could understand why it began with viral marketing first, because I think you play with it like a lot of good gamified trivia mm. stuff. It has that kind of sticky feel to it and in a good way. And it's been around in learning for a long time. That's been the lane yeah. that it's been operating in the whole time. Yeah, it's strange. We've been around since 2013. So we're like the elders of ed tech, so to speak. Yeah. We've been around for, so we've built up a pretty big following. We have uh, yeah. 7 million teachers that are using Kahoots. Mm-hmm. They're using it to create, of course, the games themselves, but yeah. they're also using it for formative assessment. Yeah. And also just inside schools and inside districts, they're using it for professional development. That's a fun yeah. way for educators to get together and learn from each other. And that was the uh, context that I got to know it in a little more on the, the enterprise side, but make your town hall more entertaining by adding some interactive elements to it. And it works in that context too. So the software is pretty flexible. If you just want to add a little more engagement from your audience beyond just being able to raise their hand or walk up to a microphone, there's a richer level of engagement, both to a live audience and to these things can be async too. So you can set up a quiz and people or kids are competing against each other. Can you talk through some of the ways in which it's used? Yeah, you're just, you're mentioning like the more corporate side. So I think that's a, that's an interesting area. So it's a little known fact because of course everybody knows Kahoot for being more around in schools, playing mm-hmm. for teachers and students, but yeah. 
Uh, it's also used by 97% of the Fortune 500. They're using wow. Kahoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're using it for building uh, corporate culture. They're, yeah. they're, they're using it to make meetings right. more interesting. And we'll get to it in a minute. On this sort of COVID climate, meetings are virtual and not that fun. So Kahoot certainly is helping in that department. Yeah, when we were setting up, I was mentioning how it reminds me a little bit of Slack for a younger generation uh, a bit in terms of the UI and the experience. And Slack's another thing that's made the remote life for people who are using that software, engaging as the community features are there. You can connect with other people at a time when everybody's feeling very disconnected. Is Kahoot performing a similar function? You know, it's been my experience, at least when I've used it. It's like you do feel a little more connected to a bigger tribe when you're engaging in these games together. Yeah, that's definitely engineered into the product. And that's that was really... We call it you know, social learning. We call yeah. it a sort of camp, campfire moment where people mm-hmm. would come together and they would, you know, tell stories and play games together. And that's really, that's all part of the magic that is Kahoot is the yeah, sort yeah. Of social interaction and also that fun competitive nature of Kahoot. Yeah. Like with I, the and, leaderboard. And, yeah. And the names, because you know, a clever naming of the players is, is very entertaining. Is that Yeah. So when you're joining a game, we have something called a lobby screen, which is, as you can imagine, it's the lobby for the game. Yeah. You're ready to go in. You have to give yourself a nickname in the spirit of gaming. And that's one of the ways I think all players really love Kahoot because, of course, they can get quite creative with those names. Yeah. The student particular because uh, a lot of those names are memes in themselves yeah uh, yeah uh, and that's like how to keep things fresh every time you play a new game of kahoot part of the fun is to see what kind of crazy new and creative nicknames that kids and big kids will come up with yeah yeah but <laughs> but yeah so check it out and if folks uh, want to learn more want to see what this is all about where should they go kahoot.com k-a-h-o-o-t no exclamation point, yeah, dot, dot com. And yeah, I'll personally attest that can enrich and enliven what might be a bit of a drier experience. I, I have been known to have been a teacher in my day. I wasn't always 100% engaging and I could use a little more interactive tooling in the classroom and Kahoot really can help with that. And pulling back to the conversation about this year, our teachers are in, in many ways our front lines now and it's a very difficult year for them and they do need help so i I was drawn to thinking about them this year and then at the same time thinking about students and families anything to just make this remote experience less boring as simple as it it's saying that does seem like something that kahoot is focused on does a nice job with how has this year played out for you yeah, what a year. Before COVID ever hit, we had a lot of wind in our sails. We were growing pretty quick. And then, of course, COVID hit. And then what we saw was all the educators that were out there that were already using Kahoot, of course, needed some sol- quick solutions around, oh, no, now my class has gone virtual. How am I possibly going to engage my students? Mm-hmm. Because, of course, student engagement, virtual student engagement is like 100 times more difficult. Yeah. Uh, how do you keep the kids to keep their video on? You need It's really difficult. We certainly rode that throughout the entire year is that more and more educators turned to Kahoot to help them out. And we also, we just opened up our platform. Of course, we have a free product, which is awesome. And then we, we have, of course, some additional functionality with a premium product. 
Um, we just opened that up this year, just said, Hey, this is tough. Let's, let's work together. So we just opened it up and a lot of people embraced that and, and got to work. So of course that was great to see. Yeah. So I think the, some of the things we saw, of course, the video call has been the new classroom. So we work, we work with zoom, we're working with zoom now, and we're working mm-hmm. with the other video providers out there to try to yeah. do integrations. We also saw that the asynchronous gameplay. So we're known we're famous for the live kind of game yeah. show. Mm-hmm. but we just launched a new game mode called challenge yeah back in for schools it was launched in january mm-hmm. that was an instant hit i think because of course then who could be assigned uh to students to play on their own time still having it that's fun gamified element yeah and that's huge particularly this year anything that can be flexible, portable enough to fit into the little windows of time in our days is huge. And if that can be competing on the same playing field with maybe a mobile game, just like I might hop in and play, I was going to say Candy Crush, but that's showing how out of touch I am with whatever the latest game (laughs) trends are. But, but it's similar. It's a similar context. It's, and I, I, as someone who, for me, showing my age, I grew up as a kid, I would try to do the New York Times crossword puzzle. And over the course of the week, it would get harder. And yeah. as I got smarter, I tried to make it to Tuesday and Wednesday. And I'm still landing around Thursday these days. But, but I remember that being fun because I knew I was learning, but it also felt like a game. And mm. that's, to me, what I think is really interesting about Kahoot!, Are there any stories from the year just in terms of how people are using it that are maybe inspirational or good ideas for folks who might be listening if they want to think about how to add a little more life or energy to to what they're delivering? You touched on the blending of home and school and Mm -hmm. the community at large, really. We've seen some of our teachers out there, some of our ambassadors in particular have not only use Kahoot inside the classroom, but they've actually uh, taken it out to the entire school. Yeah. And then from beyond the school, they're actually now playing games with the wider community. So mm-hmm. the parents, mm-hmm. and it's been a really interesting way to bridge that sort of classroom. What's of course quite difficult mm-hmm. and then bring it into the home Yeah. and, and engage your family around some of the same questions. Right. Yeah. So that famous show, what is it? Are you smarter than a fifth grader? A bit like those things happening yeah. uh, all over the world, but especially in the U.S., we've seen right. that happen. So that, right. that kind of stuff, that was a bit of, surpri- of a surprise for myself. I didn't mm-hmm. think that would happen. Yeah. But again, yeah. educators are incredibly innovative when they can find new technologies and figure out new ways to, to make the most of it, out of it. So yeah. I think that was yeah. an interesting one. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, and we're all probably battling boredom and anxiety maybe more than we've ever done before (laughs) this year, especially when you're trying to learn because, you know, learning is competing with things that are more fun generally. Mm. So if you can add a little bit of sugar with your medicine, so to speak, it is, it is an interesting approach. I also saw staying on trend. We like to talk about what's emerging. I did see that you recently partnered with Bitmoji, which yeah. which is an interesting again for folks who want to stay stay hip with the kids today. It's that they got their cahoots hooking up with their Bitmojis. So, in case folks don't know what a Bitmoji is, can you explain for us uh, what Bitmoji is and how Kahoot connected to them? 
Yeah, so Bitmoji is really an online avatar that is probably most famously used in Snap or Snapchat, mm -hmm. as it formerly yeah. was called. Right. And then as a user, you can create your likeness as an avatar. And what's cool about it is that it will adapt to different situations based on emotional reactions or whatnot yeah. without you having to recreate your avatar. It's just the system does it. It's probably the best implementation of an avatar so far out there uh, yeah. online. Yeah. Educators wanting to do everything they could to, to engage their students who were, by the way, already fascinated with Bit Bitmojis yeah. long before COVID. For sure. Started to create these virtual classrooms or Bitmoji classrooms where it looked like a collage of a fake classroom or the, the virtual version of a classroom, which they would start lessons with their avatar, their Bitmoji avatar likeness. Yeah. And that was just sort of a fun and personal way to kick off lessons with their students. Yeah. And of course, we have avatars on our platform. But I'm sure you have a lot of different online profiles out there. Do you add an avatar to all of them? No. So yeah, it made sense for us to work with Bitmoji because they do the best. I've played with them a little bit. They're, they're fun. Full disclosure, I've done a, more than one show on emojis and learning uh, <laughs> over the years. So okay. I am fascinated <laughs> by just the, the pictorial language element of emojis. And then Bitmojis are your avatar as an emoji kind of yeah, exactly. uh, is, is a way to think okay. about it. But then uh, Kahoot is almost like a context for your Bitmojis to hang out in, which is like why it's interesting. It reminds me a little bit of Second Life way back yeah. in the day, which was a little weird because I think Second Life was, you were trying to actually be you or it just didn't feel right. The technology maybe wasn't right now, but it what I like about what Bitmoji's doing, I feel like Kahoot has a similar look and feel, is that it feels cartoony and fun so that there's like a playful element to the experience. And then that context is really just tied to while you're playing the game. So I could see how that would really connect. And then taking a step back, try to quote Marshall McLuhan at least one out of every three shows. So like the medium, and it's the same quote all the time. Uh, it's the, the, the medium is the message, but if you can bring this to your students, to your, your events that you're running or whatever, I think it does say something about you and it says something about the audience that's engaging. So I, I do think there's something really to the approach that, that Kahoot is taking. I'd love to get more of your perspective on that. We, like I said, we have, we know about our educators using Bitmojis for years. Mm -hmm. We had the, the Bitmoji classroom trend, which was everywhere all through COVID. Yeah. And then we had actually had Snap as a customer. Mm. So what happened was basically we brainstormed a bit and we came up with this idea to use Bitmoji for avatars. And then we pitched it to Snap via our account team. Yeah. And they loved it. And we had a prototype in front of them in a week. That's awesome. And then we shipped it out in a month. So mm -hmm. I think part of the thing with Kahoot, we just, we, we move very quick. Yeah. Uh, so this was a really good opportunity and we got this out during the kind of yeah. back to school period when teachers really needed that extra boost and engagement. That's awesome. Yeah. And yeah, uh, you mentioned access before. That's the other big part of the story of 2020 and learning is identifying that there are these access gaps and that some kids aren't as equipped as others Mm. to engage in digital learning and the next generation of what's happening, at least until we're out of 
the quarantining and learning from home kind of phase of the COVID response. How has the access story related to what Kahoot is doing either this year or just in general? Yeah, it's something we're definitely worried about as well, this whole digital divide issue that persists. One of the things about Kahoot, which makes it almost like the lowest common denominator of EdTech is that it, it, it just works on any device mm-hmm. and it doesn't require a lot of bandwidth. So you don't right. necessarily need to have like super high speed fiber or anything like that. Right. And then this year, again, we launched this challenge mode, mm-hmm. which therefore eliminated the need for two screens. Right. Because in a live classroom, you would need to have a shared big screen and then you right. need to have your own Chromebook or mobile mm-hmm. phone or something. So this new challenge mode became, okay, then you don't, you only need that one screen. So right. uh, I guess that's been the only thing is that as long as the student has a screen at home with some basic internet, it would work. Yeah. But yeah, it is a problem and it's something that definitely we we're trying to look at and take more seriously. I think yeah. the other thing that we spend a bit of time on this year was if you ask district leaders in, in, in the U.S. in particular, what do they care about? They're, they're, they're probably saying it's not just academic or my, are the kids yes. learning? They mm-hmm. are, what's their mental state right yes. now? What are the kids, what do they feel? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we spent a great deal of time building up our social emotional learning collections Yeah, and they're all free. You can mm-hmm. just access them and play them. So because we really felt that this is actually going to be something that's going to be a bigger issue going into the fall. Yeah. Yeah. It makes um, sense. It's yeah, tough. I'm, you know, I mean, it's, it's not just the teachers who are struggling and the kids themselves are, are having a hard yeah. time with this. Yeah. That's why I always am looking for uh, fun ways to escape a little. And if you can engage in a little bit of escapism while also bettering yourself, I don't think those things are frequently either thought of as mutually exclusive. And I think that's more just maybe bad education uh, rather than if <laughs> if you actually can bring more of the the fun into it, at least as part of your repertoire and the competitive aspect of it too. And in a way that is, is sensitive to the the negative dynamics of, of being too competitive. So I think yeah. uh, that is another another tricky component, but uh, but so far so good it seems. And and yeah, as we're rounding the turn here, Sean, we typically like to look ahead a little bit. It is a trend spotting show. First, looking ahead for Kahoot, and then maybe getting some of your personal perspective on what's capturing your imagination is usually how we like to close. Yeah. But but first for Kahoot, what's on the the horizon? Uh, what do you see in the next couple of years as we we maybe hopefully power through the the pandemic and then. The world's probably different in the new normal that emerges on the mm-hmm. other side. But how is how is Kahoot thinking about the, the future? Yeah, I think there's been a lot of studies out there already around how remote is not going to go away mm-hmm. after the pandemic. It's yeah. going to persist. So I think across our you know school, like look at higher ed. I think uh, higher ed's a good example. You mentioned that at the beginning. I think higher a lot of higher ed will become more and more remote, or some yeah. of it will be remote some kind of hybrid their tools like kahoot will certainly help on that engagement also help with basic things like attendance did you show up or not mm-hmm. so i think that's uh that's happening also the learning at home for us we are we started with this back in i think may where we started to build up new study tools or homework helpers for students. So we had, we covered off the kind of basic ones like flashcards and the ones that are some of our competitors out there do, but now we've moved into some newer, more social types of learning 
we have this thing called study leagues where a group of students get together. They can either create or find uh, cahoots. And we have a hundred million mostly wow. teacher made cahoots available. So you can just find some really good cahoots, load them into your study league, and then you can have fun together while learning and compete. Cool. And there's like a the scoreboard and yeah. hopefully some banter and, and all of that stuff. It almost uh, reminds me of the esports uh, gaming yeah. kind yeah, yeah, of yeah, yeah. vibe, you know? It, that's, that's a really good, yeah. It's, it's something like in that lane where it's, it's, it's competitive, but it's fun and it's, it's learning. Yeah. And it's student driven. I think that's the point. What ages are, are using this? Does it de- depend on the, the teacher? How does that work? Yeah, I think our sweet spots around grade six, seven, eight okay. in there. But what's used obviously by learners of any yeah. age, really. But I think this last year, we really worked hard on making it easier for younger kids to use the platform. Mm-hmm. So we have like, images as answers. So if you don't oh. can't read, you can cool. yeah. So we, we've done some things that are hopefully going to make it a little bit easier for younger kids. Nice. Uh, also, you want to be able to turn off the scoreboards. Mm-hmm. Kids get freaked out if they, 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 yeah. So for adults and kids in junior high, it's fine, but uh, yeah. younger kids might not want that. And so also, we, we I mean, have to give options. Yeah. And parents yeah. of younger kids uh, may lose their minds if they see their kids' uh, leaderboards, <laughs> which is a yeah, whole exactly. other, that's, that's an entirely different we, uh, conversation. We give teachers all those sort of options. Finer okay. controls. Yeah, um, that, that makes sense. Student study tools is really an area of focus for us. And also going back to how Kahoot started, the original intention for Kahoot was to be a student-led learning platform. We had a pedagogy called Learners to Leaders, where the idea was that the students themselves would be creating all of the Kahoots and learning games, demonstrating their learning, sharing that with their peers, getting everyone excited about their topic areas. Yeah. Over the last few years, it's been tough to do that, but I think we're getting closer and closer I mean there are a lot of students out there making cahoots it's right. not that it's just that for them to actually be the the, the top group that's actually making cahoots is it's going to be i think where where we're moving yeah towards. i could see how you'd have to start with the educators that's very cool stuff so as we're wrapping up sean i always love to ask our guests what's capturing their imagination as someone who's been around the world worn multiple hats played different roles and tried to stay out ahead of things What's capturing your imagination these days? Any Anything you want to make sure uh, we stay on the lookout for? What I'm looking forward to in 2021 is what we can do with some of the, the cool content that we're, we're creating on the platform. I think that we, we started off by saying the intersection of entertainment and, and education. Some, um, call have, it edu- some call it edutainment. I'm not going to uh, do that, yeah, Michael. Yeah, I'm yeah. not going to do that. I think that's overused, but I'll call it the much... Yeah, the long-winded version, the intersection of education. Yeah. And- for, for a while, I was trying to call it entertainment, <laughs> and uh, that was just not taking off either. So we'll continue to workshop it, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Yeah, and I'm excited. We have some really interesting partners that we're working with. So for example, tomorrow we have the UN Human Rights Day. Mm. So we work with the United Nations, and I think we can make a difference for a lot of people using or you know, working with some of these big partners around the world. Yeah. And we've created a really nice proposition around this called Kahoot Academy, which mm. hopefully we'll see more from in the, in the next year. Awesome. So yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm also excited about growth outside of the US, Canada, and Western Europe. So we're seeing that happen. Yeah. 
Yeah, you mentioned Africa as part of your experience. Are there any global aspects to Kahoot that you're you're interested in? Yeah, we're seeing really good growth in LATAM, and mm-hmm. that's probably partly to do with the fact that we were so big in the U.S., and the U.S. is certainly a huge yep. influence over LATAM. So, you know, we're trying to adapt our product to the LATAM right now, but mm-hmm. yeah, definitely the world's our oyster, and we're we're yeah trying to build up our, our offerings around the world. So excited to see where that takes us. Awesome. Plenty of pearls out there uh, to be had <laughs> and uh, pearls of wisdom. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going to go with this, but, but Sean, <laughs> it was wonderful having you on the show. Thanks so much for joining. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And uh, for our listeners, uh, check out Kahoot. It's really an interesting platform. And if uh, you like what you're hearing, tell your friends, this is trending in education. We'll be back again soon.